Happy to have you all here today and uh, trust that something is sung, said, prayed, <laughs> reflected that will be an uplift to you. Amen. And uh, that God will, uh, you'll be aware of his presence and aware of his love to you. Amen. And uh, you know that old song, I never promised you a rose garden. Uh that could have been sung to us by God, I guess. You know, we there's no uh, guarantees in this life that there won't be challenges, won't be problems, won't be things that come against us. Uh, I used to say, if we're going to be overcomers, there might be something we have to overcome from time to time. Think about that. But thank God, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We're not more than conquerors through our effort, and proving something to God and, you know, whatever, trying to impress God. I'm, I'm sorry, as fantastic of a Christian as you might be, you're not going to impress God <laughs> with your Christianity. And that's not the program anyway. The program is faith and believe, amen, believe in him, believe in what he has already done for us. And we thank God for that. Amen. Praise God. So I've got a a sermon for you today that normally I would have entitled it, you know, Casting Your Care on the Lord. Um, but instead I decided to name it Flypaper. <laughs> because I think <laughs> we all have dealt with the flypaper of the cares of this life. We know the scripture. Let's get this, get right into it. Amen. Today I'm excited about what God's doing here and in the earth. Uh, you know, we, we've been reading about some of the college campuses are having revival breakout. And uh, and uh, it's a wonderful thing. Amen. And I know that there's people that's been praying for this generation and praying that the, the their eyes would be opened to the things of God and what counts. And uh, they, you know, they, they're not. They're not attracted by, you know, smoke machines and whirly gigs hanging from the ceiling um, so much as it turns out. But uh, have just uh, it, it takes the spirit of God to draw, you know, and uh, uh, it's kind of an insult, really, if you think about it, to, to young people, to, to college and career age people to, to think that two whirly gigs hanging from the ceiling are going to. Really, oh wow, this is the coolest church ever. They've got whirly gigs, you know. I mean, I've been to churches where they had whirly gigs, you know, or light, light, it looked like, uh, the pattern for the flower power on the dating game, you know, was on the ceiling or something. And you're thinking, really? That's gonna really get them going. Praise God. And I think they're discovering that it needs something more than that. Amen. So I don't care how you decorate your church. You can put, uh, you know, Ronald McDonald on the wall, I don't care, but it, that's not going to be what makes the difference, amen, how a church is decorated, if the lights are lot bright or if they're dark or whatever. That's that's just ridiculous. The thing that's going to count is the hunger for God and all. And so I'm so excited about reading uh, these, these uh, reports and that they say busloads of young people are coming in. They're hearing about these revivals. They're hearing about what's happening. They're coming in and they're 
basically almost camping in the church and refusing to leave because they're so hungry for the things of God. So there's always hope for a generation. Amen. We shouldn't give up hope and say this is all lost and, you know, just hunker down. You know, we never hear that word until there's a, uh, tropical storm. But I don't even know what hunkering means, but we're supposed to hunker down and hold on till he comes and hide in a hole and order, uh, you know, canned goods to eat, uh, in time. What is it? In time survival diet food, you know, just doesn't sound exciting. Uh, and, uh, that doesn't sound like occupy till I come, does it? So <laughs> I don't think the occupying army is hiding in a hole somewhere. So praise God, we're occupying and we are uh, believing God. I just thought I'd give that little report. If you haven't read about it, you can go online and look up uh, university. One is at Asbury uh, College, which is a Nazarene college, and that seems to be ground zero where this revival started last Wednesday night. That's how current this is. And they had their chapel service. And at the end, the students refused to leave the chapel. And then they, they've been sort of occupying the chapel. <laughs> but not for the wrong reasons, not to protest, but to receive the goodness of God. Amen? All right, I'll get off of that. Look at 1 Peter 5, 7. And, uh, and this is about flypaper. Uh, does everybody know what flypaper is? There may be some younger folks that don't know what flypaper is anymore. We used to have those ones, uh, shell no pest strip. You hung them up in the, or, you know, golf oil had them too. You hung them up in your kitchen and all the flies would stick to them. And in South Georgia in the kitchen, that was important because you had a lot of flies for some reason. So they, you, know, you attract them. But, uh, if you've ever dealt with flypaper or something like that, the trouble with flypaper is that, you know, you, you, it's stuck on this hand and you go with this hand to get it off and now it's stuck on that one. And then you go with that one back, the original hand to st- unstick it and it sticks to that and you can't hardly. And then you stand on it, you know, you put it on the floor and you stand on it. Now it's stuck to your foot and you, you can't hardly get rid of it. It's just going to stick to you, flypaper. And you know <laughs> that that's the way the cares of life can be. That's why I titled it Flypaper. Because it's the way the cares of this world are. So many times is that we've read this scripture here. Uh, we'll read it right now, First Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I always say, God didn't build us to carry care. He didn't make us to carry things. He made us to where, in other words, he's made to carry it. Amen? He's made to bear it and to deal with it. And, um, you know, in an office situation, I often talk about files. In an office, if you've been in an office pool ever before working in a business or whatever, You'll, you'll know that sometimes you'll end up with a file on your desk with a sticky note that says, please handle this. And it'll be something that you have to deal with. Or oftentimes you're told, give me that file and I'll take it off of you 
and I'll handle it. You don't have to deal with it. The worst thing is the world is people that can't leave it alone. In other words, they go behind your back and they're still dealing with it. You're thinking, well, I'm supposed to be dealing with it. And, you know, with any situation, anything with two heads is a freak. A two-headed, you know, animal in some way is, is freakish. So you can't have two people trying to commandeer or take responsibility for the same thing. So the, what a wonderful thing, isn't it, when you have a burden and somebody says, well, just leave that right there and I'll take care of it. What a wonderful thing, amen, to, to have that just in life. But this is the way the cares of life are. And worrying. Now, worry is really a type of faith, to be honest. It's like you just keep thinking about the same thing and you imagine all kinds of scenarios. <laughs> and the devil will always drag you to the worst case scenario. And, um, I had somebody tell me one time, I used to, I used to be a pretty bad about saying, well, in this situation, worst case scenario is blah, blah, blah. And, this person said to me, why don't you start saying best case scenario of what could go right instead of what could go wrong? You will not find Murphy's Law in the Bible. You know Murphy's Law? Everything that can go wrong will go wrong and at the worst possible moment. And a lot of Christians almost live by that. You can see it on their face, their demeanor. The joy of the Lord has not hit their face yet. <laughs> They'll even say they have the joy of the Lord, and they still look like they've lost the the cat just died and the dog threw up and whatever, you know. And, uh, uh you know, well, I got the joy of the Lord. I'm glad God's helping me. Well, I am too. I'd hate to see you if you wasn't. Like you're about to die. But the truth of the matter is that um, we're not built. God didn't make us or create us to carry the weight of of, of troubles and trials and and uh, situations. And we're proving something to Him because we're willing to to bear the burden. I've heard people pray, Lord, if you can't remove this whole thing, at least give me grace to bear it. Well, again, you won't find wording like that in the New Testament. Jesus bore it all so that we could walk in peace, walk in grace, walk in victory, have a a, a lightness. We we were fortunate to be down at Brother Keith Moore's uh, 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 faith meeting a couple of nights last week, and and um, he touched on some of these things that were so encouraging. Amen. Uh, so uplifting uh, about uh, uh, Jesus saying, come, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. People that talk about Christianity being a hard old way and, uh, you know, it costs you everything to serve the Lord and all that. There's something wrong either with their theology or what's going on in their heart. and Or they've forgotten something or maybe they never knew it. But praise God, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And even in trials, I said earlier, God never promised us a rose garden in this life. But I tell you what, we can live as though we're living in one. 
because we, if we would live in him and in his goodness and mercy and grace and love, praise God, then we have something that, that can put a smile on our face. And people sometimes will say, well, you don't look like you've got a care in the world. And it's like, I don't. I've cast them all on the Lord. Some people don't like you if you're not all burdened down. They just think, well, what are you smiling about? I heard one girl say to me one time, a young lady in the church, she said, she said, you and your perfect little life. And I said, listen, I've been to hell and back in, uh, in this life and seen things and experienced things that are just horrifying. But praise God, I'm not going to live in that. I'm going to live in the victory in Christ. Amen. Even loved ones that's died and gone on to the other side, well, I rejoice with them that they're in heaven. Praise God. They're no longer sick. They're no longer suffering. You've got to, you've got to find something to get the victory about it all, or you'll just be depressed. Amen. Um, anyway, he says here, um, and it's, I, I believe that these are related verses. They're not just like isolated, like, you know, a box of Legos that don't fit together. Uh, notice verse 8. It says, right after casting all your care, to be sober and be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Do you think there might be a connection between verse 7 and verse 8? That one of the way, I think that one of Satan's devices has been exposed here in the word, that one of the ways that he comes after us is with care. The Bible talks about uh, the sower sowing the word. And, uh, that, you know, the word takes, uh, the seed takes, uh, root and, and springs up, but the cares of this life, which is like a weed, overtakes the goodness of the word. Amen? And so, we have to fight sometimes to keep casting that care. It is flypaper. You think you get, get it to the Lord, you wake up to the next morning and it's on your face and in your hair. And now you're trying to cut the hair out and, you know, get it off of you. Has anybody ever been there? Have you ever had a great time of prayer and a, a, a kind of an explosion of faith in your heart and, 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 and a time of declaring and praising the Lord and you really truly get that off of you. And if you're not careful, the next morning it's back again. It's like the cat you're trying to shoo off from your property. You think, no, I thought I told you to leave. The next day he's back, you know. And um, so that's that's just a description of, of the flypaper of of casting the care. But I tell you, it, it's worth it to keep casting it. If it comes back, keep throwing it out there. And casting it doesn't look like just a little nudge. If you're going to cast a stone or do something... You're going to pick it up and you're going to really sling it and let it fly. Or casting a, if you're fishing, you know, you cast the, you cast the line out there with your, 
with your fishing rod and you let it, you let it go. You don't, if you just, if you just kind of hold it over and drop it, you'll just be in the muck right there at your feet. Amen. But you've got to really, really cast it out there if you're going to be successful. So in fishing. So it's the same way with casting our care on the Lord. Let it go. Fling it. We, we, we're used to singing in church. Now we need to start flinging. <laughs> and we need to fling it. <laughs> the care of this world as far as we can. And somebody says, well, you know, I have to worry about my children. I have to worry about my grandchildren. I have to worry about my finances. I have to worry about my health. Why do you have to worry about it? Worry is a negative thing. Worry will kill you. Um, in fact, in, in most cases, you can take away all kinds of things that people like, you know, or whatever. Now, in, you know, cigarettes or whatever. Now, in Pentecost, we will take your cigarette and give you a donut. It's much healthier. <laughs> And uh, people will let you take away their, their cigarettes and donuts, but they won't let you take away their worries. And the minute you preach about taking away their worries, folks can get huffy at you. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for my children. Well, pray, but don't worry. Amen. When you pray, pray in faith. Pray expecting. And um, so you need to put worry and care-holding up there with some of the worst sins you can imagine. Most people, they're not going to come to church and be involved in adultery or fornication or, or some, you know, uh, armed robbery or something like that. <laughs> but they will be involved in worry and care. And oftentimes they want a lot of attention for the worry and care. It's called... Misery loves company Sunday school class. And, and it makes people nervous if you've got a good testimony all the time, you know, like, how are you doing? Praise God, I'm doing great. I'm highly favored of the Lord. God's on my side. If God be for me, who can be against me? God's putting me over. The angels are out working, bringing, uh, finances and blessing in and, God's working in my body. I'm healthy and healed and whole, not according to how I feel, but according to Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, that says, Surely, not maybe, surely He hath borne my sicknesses and carried my pains, and by His stripes I'm healed. <laughs> Glory! You say that a lot and people will avoid you. Makes them mad. Make some Christians mad. Well, I just don't think anybody could just be that victorious all the time. There's something wrong. They're lying. Well, we're calling those, oftentimes we're calling those things that be not as though they were. Acting like the Bible. Brother Hagin used to say, I'm going to act like the Bible so. People say, what are you going to do about the money? What are you going to do about your health? What are you going to do about, you know, what somebody said or accusation? He says, I'm going to act like the Bible so. 
Well, there's been so many days I've gotten up in the morning in the shower or whatever, and I'm in there confessing, saying, I'm today I'm acting like the Bible so. It don't look like it's so. It doesn't feel like it's so. It doesn't seem like it's so. This piece of paper right here doesn't say it's so. But praise God, I believe it's so according to the word. And you, you get, you get out in front of that. You don't let it drive you. Amen. All right. You want a little more scripture for this? Matthew six. Is this helping anybody? Kenneth Hagin used to get up and say, um, how many would rather be here than the best insane asylum in the state? But nobody now knows what an insane asylum is. They've all been closed. Balance the budget. Uh, and it's politically incorrect to make fun of anything. All right. Matthew 6.25. Get a, you know, somebody will start a march or something. Matthew 6.25. Now again, if the if a sentence starts with the word therefore, you kind of have to see what it's there for, because it's ta- it's it's a conclusion, a concluding type thought from whatever was said previously, right? He says uh, in verse twenty four, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one. And love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. Um, you could almost say you cannot serve the spiritual and the natural at the same time. You're going to have to choose whose report are you going to believe. Yes. Serving means honor. If you're really serving with the right heart. You're, you're serving with honor. You're serving with respect. A lot of Christians, I'm sorry to say, have more respect for the natural circumstances than they do what the Word says. More honor. More uh, fearful respect of what a doctor's report says or an accounting paper or whatever, than what the Word of God says. So you have to choose. And I have a book coming out. And no, I'm not going to tell you the title because somebody will steal it. But I have a book coming out about this very thing, about uh, where is your trust? What are you going to trust in? And so I choose to trust in God. Amen. And uh, so you could say, serve God, trust God, believe God, honor God, honor what he's, if you honor God, you're going to honor what he says. Well, it's hard, Brother Horton. Oh, just keep saying that. You want me to agree with that? You know, not everything that's worth doing is always just super easy. doesn't always feel good to your flesh or to your emotions. Amen? Anybody ever here gone on a diet? What a dreadful thing. Whoever thought up the first diet was inspired by the devil. But sometimes we do cut back and we do things for our health because 
you know, it's smart to do, but it doesn't always feel good, does it? Glory to God, that went over big. So sometimes serving God or, or, or honoring what the Lord said, it's not always easy on your mind. It's not always easy on your emotions. You can be emotionally distraught and still be in faith. I'll tell you that right now. I heard somebody say recently, well, you can't be in fear and faith at the same time. And I, I beg to, to differ with that. Uh, go Even with fear on you, go ahead and quote the word. Go ahead and, and, and get in faith, and the faith will overpower the fear. But, it, but there's a tendency in word of faith people, they want to get rid of the fear first somehow, then trust God, and it doesn't work like that. Trusting God overcomes the fear. Overpowers it. Therefore, I say unto you, See, then you have the therefore. See, because you, you know, of that, therefore, or thus, here's the here's the result of it. Therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Amen. And. In other words, he's saying, stop worrying about these mundane needs. Well, they might be mundane to you, Brother David, but you don't know what we're going through. When people say, you don't know what I'm going through, I'm always thinking, I don't say it because I'm nice. But I'm thinking, well, I may be ignorant of what you're going through, but I have this funny feeling I'm about to be informed of what... For the next 49 minutes, <laughs> my troubles and trials. And the thing is, is you can sit and patiently listen to that, but at the end, the result's the same. Now what are you going to do? You're going to trust God or just sit and stew in it? And we all live by the same code here. There's, there's just, There's no... There's no, well, the ministers have some special, you know, they live, they're the gods on Mount Olympus, you know, they don't have these problems. And we're down here in the dirt somewhere. But no, we're, we, we all deal with the same stuff, folks. We live in a fallen world. The devil's a liar. And we have to go all the way back to what do I believe? Did Jesus pay it all or he leave some of it? All right. Um, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Well, I hope we're better than birds. I don't think Jesus died on the cross to save the birds. You understand? He died on the cross to save humanity. Amen. Amen. He cares for you. He obviously cares about birds too because it says he feeds them. Amen. 
But this is not just about bird. This is not bird watching verse here. Don't try to turn it into that and be weird. There should be a sign out in front of churches that says, please don't come in here weird. <laughs> you know, because people come in with, with all kind of ideas and stuff and try to make it part of the, the show or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, fine, but that has nothing to do with the gospel, you know. So if you want to be weird, there's probably other weirdos that you can hook up with on Facebook or something. But we're, when it comes to the gospel, we're going to preach the word Amen. and not some weird idea that you have. So, um, and you know, it's, not, you know, it's no crime against being weird as long as your weirdness doesn't lead you to become some sort of serial killer or something. That might have to be addressed. Uh, which of you, by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature. And why, why, why? <laughs> these are these are the words of Christ here, folks. Red letter edition. Praise God. The Baptists love the red letter edition. King James. They've got the King James Baptist, in fact. They were uh, up here on uh, 54 one night. We left church and driving home and turned there by the Elfers First Baptist Church. And there was protesters from the King James Baptist Church cursing them because they put the Amplified Bible on the screen. So you never know, you know. There's always some group that's upset over what you're doing. You have to just do what you're called to do, amen. Because, you know, they say, well, if the King James Bible was good enough for the Lord Jesus Christ, it's good enough for me. Now, think about the ignorance of that just a second. There's a slight time difference here. You know, I'm sorry, that's about as dumb as you can get, isn't it? You just can't even be dumber. Dumb and dumber. That'd be a good name for some church. You know, they, you know, it's popular now to name a church like a one name thing, like a, you know, they don't even like the word church, just the, you know, we go to advantage. Well, that, isn't that a flea and tick medication? We go to excitement. Well, they have medication for that, too. <laughs> but some places they should name it Dumb and Dumber. All right, I'll get off of that. I'm, I don't know. I'm all wild today. Blame Scarlet. <laughs> Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit? Under his stature, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Now, this is not a scripture to justify nudism, just so you know. 
in parts of Florida, we have to point these things out. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And Solomon really had, you know, fancy clothes. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So in other words, they're getting their needs met by being people of little faith. We sometimes think we're struggling to get our needs met and trying to have great faith. It says little faith will get you clothed and fed. Isn't that something? Where, therefore, here's another therefore. you got to know what it's there for. Therefore, take no thought. How many? How many? Take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or, what shall we drink? Or, wherewithal shall we be clothed? In other words, how are we going to survive? This is survival stuff. Basic food, basic water, clothing. You know, things that we are uh, surviving with. He says, don't take thought about survival. I'll, I'll make sure you survive. Praise God. But seek, uh, he says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now, when he's saying Gentiles here, he's, he's talking to Jews. And they have a covenant. They understand that this is because of the covenant that they have with God, that, that Jesus is saying that the Heavenly Father will take care of them. So when he's talking Gentiles, he's talking about those outside of a covenant. Don't go around saying, I'm a Gentile. No, you're not. Then get saved. You won't have to be one anymore. If you're saved, you're not a Gentile. You are a child of God and you have a covenant relationship with Him. So stop with all the nonsense. Amen. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your, or those without a covenant, they're seeking because they don't have any faith because they don't know that God's going to take care of them. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Isn't it wonderful when we do go to God and we do claim our needs met? And we do say to the Lord, Lord, I need this to happen tomorrow. I need this to happen today, this week, next month, whatever. Isn't it wonderful that he ought, that you have confidence? He already knows that you have need of all that, and he doesn't condemn it. He knows you have need of that, and he just doesn't want to do it. See, that's what religion has told, taught us. Well, you just never know. Well, you know if you read the Bible. Some people need to get their nose out of... Oh, I won't say that. It's too mean. Brother Osborne said mean preachers make mean people. I don't want mean people. But I'll say it this way. The Bible is the most important thing you can read. And you need to get your doctrine from the Word and not from some theologian um, that 
well, this guy we've always respected. Well, fine, but see what is being taught and line it up with the Word and let the Word be the trump card. (laughs) The Word always trumps everything else. Well, this is what Dr. Doolittle said. He does little. This is what Reverend, you know, lost, screw loose said. Well, I don't care. Well, they're anointed. I've had people get mad at me, you know. So so and so said something. Well, they're anointed. Well, so is the devil. So we don't necessarily listen to, you know, come on. So what? If it disagrees with the Word of God, I don't care what their anointing is. I don't care if they pull a rabbit out of a hat right in the middle of the revival and the rabbit has a word, a tongue, and interpretation. And he says his name's Harvey. Don't you see him? All right. Only the spiritual see. You know, if you said there is a pink elephant standing right here, some people would say, I see it too, praise God. Just because they don't want to be left out, you know. So, so what, all that, fine. I'm just saying that you get your doctrine and your faith from the Word, amen? All right, I'm concluding this, don't worry, we won't miss the cafeteria. The Father knows, I love it that the Father knows we have need of all these things. And so you could even go to God in prayer and say, Lord, I know you already know this about me. But I want to talk to you about it anyway. And I've come boldly to the, not timid, not shy, not, oh, you know, I really mess up all the time. No, (laughs) go boldly to the throne of grace saying, Father, you're my very own father. I'm your very own child. You know all of my stuff, and yet you still receive me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is what you are, and I am the righteousness of God in Christ, according to the Apostle Paul. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, which means don't worry about tomorrow. It's got its own stuff. Focus on today. If you've got a roof over your head, thank God for it. If you've got food to eat, thank God for it. If you've got a car to drive, thank God for it. Amen. Praise Him and say, thank you, Lord. Look. I'm living proof. I'm living proof that you're taking care of me. I'm walking in health. I'm walking in blessing. Praise God. God's helping me and putting me over. Yeah, well, now tomorrow morning you got that meeting that's going to be kind of sticky. Well, God will give me grace to get through that. Whatever it is that you have to do, the Lord gives you grace for that day. Stop worrying about next week and tomorrow and everything. If you have to, turn off the TV, and if you can't turn it off, unplug it. Cut off the cable and give the money to the, in the offering, or whatever. <laughs> kidding. But I'm just saying, right? If you, maybe I'm not kidding. 
But, you know, if, if you can't watch the news and it not get you all upset and down in the dumps, stop watching it. That's like that doctor on Hee Haw. How many remember Hee Haw? That doctor hit the, he says, what's wrong with you? And the old country boy said, well, every time I do this, it hurts. And he hit him and said, well, don't do that then. That's the cure. Sometimes that's the cure, isn't it? Well, every time I watch the news, I just get all upset. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, stop re- stop listening to it. There's nowhere in the Constitution every citizen must watch the news. Half of what they predict never happens anyway. <laughs> right? You got your own flypaper. Don't get everybody else's going on. You're covered in flypaper. Where did you get that? Well, that's my next door neighbor's problems. And that's Sister Ledbetter's problems. And this is, you know, and that's, uh, I'm worried about Bob and Sue and, you know, whatever. You got flypaper all over you. Get rid of it. Amen. Amen. We'll say, well, you just act like you don't have a care in the world. I don't. I gave mine, I gave mine to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. I hope that helped you today. <laughs> Got something out of it. That might be the first miracle. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We magnify you. We praise your blessed holy name. Amen. Father, I thank you that today, as we lift up um, those that have needs, that their needs will be met. You know, if you've got a, a sickness or a, or a symptom on your body, put your hand where you're suffering. I believe Jesus will touch you in that very place and help you. If it's finances, I'll deal with those in just a minute. But those watching on the Internet, we pray for you as well. And you join us in this prayer. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for your healing power. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your touch. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths to disappear and dry up and and uh, and fall away in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for those with heart conditions or circulatory issues, that there will be a strengthening and a healing and a wholeness to uh, to to be um, uh, applied there. In the name of Jesus, those with uh, digestive issues or things that are that are um, troubling in that area, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for touching them and healing them and bringing wholeness and strength in that area. In the name of Jesus, be healed today. Be touched from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Those that have mental health issues and oppression and depression and fear, be free today in Jesus' name. We command the demons and the devil to take his hands off of God's property. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance and, 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 and a strengthening of mind. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. We speak a sound mind in cases where there's being challenges. In the name of Jesus, those that have financial uh, lack and material lack, Father, I thank you this week for showing yourself strong to them, showing that through that, that you care, that you can speak to others uh, to be sensitive to people's needs and to reach out in love and help. Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus for job promotions and for uh, upgrades and favor in every way. In the name of Jesus, 
Hallelujah. Lift, lift, lift our hands and praise Him tonight, today. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We thank you. We believe we receive your goodness in the land of the living today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, um, we have a service Wednesday night. Yours truly will be teaching. Praise the Lord. And we're going to have a good time in Jesus. Go and be blessed today. In Jesus' name, tell of the goodness of God. Amen? You may be dismissed. God bless you. Amen.